For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Oh, welcome in. Woo! Believe in Monsters <laughs> podcast right here. On the Believe Network, Chris Krogman, Lucas Berry, and Joe Gaith are back for another week to talk about the Chicago Bears, the monsters of the midway. Woohoo! It's Victory Tuesday. Are we celebrating preseason wins? Are we celebrating scrimmage wins against third stringers? Our third stringers, the Chiefs third stringers. And it's always good to win on the Believe in Monsters podcast. We will get into the preseason game and get into a little off-season drama continues with the (laughs) Rogue Queen. Uh, We will see what happens with that. And we're looking a little bit ahead to Thursday night's game against the Seattle Seahawks. So before we get all into it, let's jump in and find out how the fellas are doing. Chris Krogman, how's life been treating you? Life is good, Joseph. My children started school today. It was so quiet in my house. I thought something was wrong. Went upstairs. Wife's chilling. There's no kids to be seen. It's quiet. Was able to make calls all day without interruption. It was very odd, but it was it was beautiful. So uh, life is solid. We're 135% to quota right now. There you go. I need you in my sales team. Well, that's pacing. We're not. We probably won't hit that, but we're uh, we're over halfway through the month, so we're feeling good. Lucas Berry, how are you, my friend? I am fantastic. You know, we had our first week of Bears football, even though it was just preseason. We got a little taste of it, uh, you know, last weekend, so that was great. Um, you know, it sounds like we all had a pretty solid golf week, which is awesome. Uh, Joe Gaither, you set a new milestone. I set a new milestone myself. I uh, I shot a, a personal best on Sunday, and I also eagled my first hole ever. So hey. That was pretty sweet. Uh, yeah. How you doing, Joe? Oh, having a great day so far. Yeah, I uh, cleared 100 for the first time, so true amateur fashion, but... Uh... Got that 99. I was uh, thir- about 30 feet away on an 18, and I knew, you know, three three would have put me at 100 even. And I thought, okay, you got to get this bad boy close and uh, put it to about two feet and just started laughing my ass off uh, and I uh, tapped it in and called my parents because, uh, they, you know, they bought me some new irons as a birthday gift, and I gave them massive credit. So uh, getting ready to get back out there, you, you, you break 100, you got to go do it again. Brew is not a fluke. Uh, so I'm, I'm having a great day. It was all really enjoyable to uh, watch the Bears scrimmage on Saturday. Not a whole lot of like 
hard and fast things to take away from a win, but uh, we will get into it. Uh, the Bears, you know, first stringers played 20, 18, 20 or so plays on offense and, and right around the same mark on defense, beating the Kansas City Chiefs 19 to 14. Uh, I will say the Bears have themselves a little backup quarterback. Uh, they've got themselves a safety. They've got themselves, it looks like a, a, a left tackle. Uh, lots, so there's some positives to take away. They've got themselves an offensive coordinator. Uh, everything and they else got themselves of, a head coach. Well, yeah, uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm pretty. I mean, I'm pretty encouraged with where the Chicago Bears are outside of the drama off the field. I'm pretty encouraged with where we are. What about the actual field itself? How was that? Did the Bears oh. have a have a field? Well. Yes, the Bears had a field. It's not the worst that it's ever looked, but obviously the Bears' field was under scrutiny. J.C. Treader, the president of the NFL for, uh, Players Association, called it out, and a lot of the media members uh, joined suit. But, you know, the three of us, we know. We've been watching the Bears forever, and the field has been dog crap forever. It's been a cow pasture. And, you know, we, we, we talked a couple weeks ago about Lori Lightfoot and her, uh, let's throw a dome on Soldier Field. That'll keep the Bears. Lady, just pick up the phone and call the Chicago Park Authority, the Chicago Park District, and, and get them to maintain the field a little better before we go out and uh, borrow $1 billion plus to put a fake dome on the stadium. Uh, they, you know, the Parks District has, you know, concerts all summer long leading up to preseason. They have three more before the first game of the season. Luke's and, going to Ramstein, right? Um, that's what I heard. He's, he's, he's practicing his German. Du hast, du hast mich. I don't I mean, need Nico to teach me some German. Um, but uh, so apparently the Bears, if they want to, can like pay to maintain the field themselves. And like... Why the fuck would they want to do that, dude? Like, don't they protect their investment? Yeah, but like, they're not reaping anything from all these concerts. So, are they supposed to resod the field every time there's a con every time the city park wants to wants that like f it up? Like, that doesn't seem like a it's wise a investment. It's, it's a double edged sword because it's like you can't tell someone to do that but then not have them also share in the profit from all the other things and then say oh you don't own your stadium and the whole nine so yeah i, I agree it is the bears are doing the right thing playing their hand here and trying to get a new stadium which is long overdue at this point so uh regardless let's let's get into the game they uh they beat the chiefs i don't even know what the final score was i know uh, 19 to 14 1914 our 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 backup players, I think, kick the crap out of their backup players. Um, the starters, there's Ooh, a lot Patrick left to Mahomes be Mahomes has an easy four or five yeah. plays. Yeah, how about them linebackers without Roquan, though? They did not look good. <laughs> Let's start there, Joe. You just dive into it. What did Patrick Mahomes do do to us as soon as he got the ball? Oh, what was the stat? I will Google the stat line, but it was probably five, six plays total straight down the field for a touchdown. He found Kelsey. He I don't found think he Blake threw an incompletion. He, he found Belldozer for a touchdown. Um, you know, it, it, it was it was Patrick. It was a walk in the park for, for Patrick Mahomes. 
Uh, let's see what his, what his final numbers were. It was he. Oh, he threw right at sixty yards. I had a buddy who uh, who had over sixty and a half yards. <laughs> it was six of seven for sixty yards and a touchdown. Uh, finding uh, he, he he found Blake Bell right. That's yeah. Blake Bell one one catch five yards. Uh, he found Travis Kelsey one catch twenty yards. Really murdered the guys over the middle. Uh, we need ourselves a Roquan Smith. So, you know, what's the, uh, who's the, the agent, non-agent who's in his ear, but basically Roquan's got to get himself some better advice. He's got to get him some objectivity in his camp here. Uh, Saint, Saint Omni, Omni Saint, 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 something like that. You're right. Saint, Saint Augustine. I don't, I have no idea. As far as I know, he also helped Laramie Tunsil with his, contract negotiation i'm pretty sure tunsil is also non-represented so who knows what's going on with that but at this point it's just bizarre that roquan has uh this guy calling teams to infer about trade requests which is therefore tampering according to league rules so it's kind of just setting himself up or whatever team he's talking to for failure (laughs) the whole thing i mean it's almost comical at this point because it's just like how could you really not believe the Bears at this point when Roquan's digging himself this big of a hole and making himself look like an ass. I told y'all, dude. He is getting advice from Abella Danger. He's getting some bad advice from somewhere, but I don't know, Chris. What did you make of this game, the defense specifically? Uh, you know, what? Well, we'll start with the negatives first, then we'll get into some positives. That way we can... I, I didn't get a chance to, to see the game. I uh, I was took the kids for one more uh, water park adventure during the game, tried to record it. Good father. And, uh, good father. That, that didn't work out so good. So yeah, I had a great time, Chris. Thank you. Uh, you're welcome, Joseph. Uh, just remember me when you're, you know, when I'm on my, uh, when I need somewhere to stay, uh, you know, after retirement and I don't have a home. <laughs> that I can come stay with you. Uh, but I, you know, I heard mixed reviews, um, you know, as far as starters go, they kind of, kind of got torched. Like you guys said, uh, brisker. I've, I've heard good things about, um, he was awesome. much it. I mean, Kyler Gordon didn't play correct. And, correct. uh, did Jalen put like hardly any of the other starters even played like Quinn or, uh, yeah, Quinn wasn't out there. I mean, he had Travis Gibson out there. Uh, Lamar Jackson was starting at outside corner for the Bears. He got... The running back? <laughs> I mean, no, quarterback? Cornerback. Cornerback. Oh, my cornerback. bad. Cornerback. My bad. Uh, so he's running with the one, so that's surprising. So let's, let's... I mean, honestly, let's just dive in there. Um, this Kyler Gordon situation is weird, but, you know, we haven't heard basically anything about Thomas Graham or you know, Tavin Young, who a lot of Bears fans are really, you know, hyped up about. Um, it sounds like Kyler Gordon might play in the slot more than we think he might start there. So who is the Bears' second outside corner at this point? And are we worried about it at all? You know, I kind of was under the assumption like, oh, we have J- Jalen on one side, Kyler on the other, and Thomas Graham in the slot or, or Tavin Young in the slot, but not the case. Um it honestly slightly worries me a little bit that we might see a guy like Vildor or Jackson starting a corner outside. What do you guys think? I mean, how, how, how I've just heard they've moved Kyler around. I mean, how, you know, have they come out and said Kyler's the starting uh, cornerback or nickel cornerback, or are we just 
making assumptions based off of a couple practices. They haven't said it. I mean, even then, if they, I mean, they could probably interchange him and Vildor and, and Jackson inside and outside. But regardless, I think one of those guys starting at cornerback is is a cause for concern to me, at least. Um, but yeah, I'm not entirely sure where they're going to, I guess we'll see on Thursday where they quote unquote start Kyler Gordon. They they must see something in, in Jackson during practices. And I thought I've heard some pretty good camp reports about the kid or the guy. I don't even know how old he is. I, everybody's a kid to me, but uh, yeah, I, it's, it's a little concerning that Thomas Graham is not, kind of showing up and Ta- T- Tavin Young has been hurt, correct? For most of yeah, the Yeah, they, they both have. I don't think either of them has really practiced much at all. And not a whole lot to go off of then. I don't want to make any, you know, lineup predictions without having guys fully healthy or, you know, at least have a good idea of who's been healthy in this, in this lineup or in this lineup of cornerbacks yeah i guess we'll we'll have to see what happens on on thursday here um but some other positives i mean joe you hit on it uh i mean jaquan brisker looks like he's going to be a bona fide stud from day one the dude i can see why you know i can see why the bears loved him in the draft he to me just watching him play you could see he embodies hits to a t Everything Eberflus wants, the dude is just, he flies to the ball every time. He wants to get dirty and run support. He'll stick his head in there. Uh, he almost had a pick. He had a nice pass breakup. He's just hes just looking to cause chaos back yeah, there. Pass, he is, pass rush. Quarterback hurt. Yeah. yeah, they put him on the edge, line him up on the edge. He shed a blocker. And uh, there, was a, there was a drive where I think the Chiefs twos were in, but he basically made every, every play on the drive. I mean, he had a monster hit, a pass breakup a tackle in the backfield like he did it all. So really, really excited to see what he brings to the table. Um, excited to watch Kyler Gordon in action on Thursday. And uh, the other positive from this game was our third-string linebacker, Jack Sanborn. That was, a, that, was, that was one of our guys. Remember UDF Phillies were all like, oh, yeah, Jack Sanborn. Woo! Wisconsin boy. About him. Animal. I think on him. I feel yeah. like you were pretty uh, anti-Big Ten linebacker there, Joe Gaither. I know. I, I'm owning that. Well, ironically enough, our big thing, I remember we had uh, we had one of our FCS, uh, our FCS friends on here, and he was telling us, you know, he was going through all the prospects, and we got the Sam Warren, and he was like, you know, fantastic run stuffer, and, you know, he just has trouble in pass coverage. Of course, he gets the the Bears' first turnover of the day, an interception. <laughs> he actually played really well in pass coverage, and he was another guy. Just he embodies the hits philosophy. The dude just flies around, smashes heads, and wants to make plays happen. So, um, out of all this, a, a less athletic Brian Erlacher, and I thought that was really really stretching. Luke, what did you? What's your take on that opinion? <laughs> yeah, let's let's see what happens here in the next. <laughs> I, I don't want to go there, but you know, I was happy when we signed him as a UDFA. And hey, the like I said, the linebacker core kind of got picked apart without Roquan. So give the kid a shot. Which is uh, to my next point. You know, Matt Eberflus really seems like he is is letting people earn positions on this team and uh, just making adjustments 
from week to week, even in the preseason, is just something we haven't even seen for Matt Nagy. Like, we got Jack Sanborn running with the twos. You know, he moved Jenkins to right guard this week. Now he's getting reps at the one after Schofield didn't look great out there. Just, it's so refreshing to see a coach actually make these kind of adjustments and give these guys a chance. Because how many times do we say, give this guy a chance because we suck otherwise like Thomas Graham last year was just like, let him play, see what happens. And he freaking balled out the past few weeks. So I don't know. What do you, what do you make of that? Chris, I know you didn't watch the game, but uh, does that make you more confident in, in uh, kind of Eberflus's message and, and how he's treating this? Yeah. And I think we've seen it since the preseason with like shuffling or, you know, since what, like rookie camp was shuffling guys around. Uh, on the offensive line until they find the right mixture of people. Uh, it's it's concerning they brought Schofield in and like he's had a you know a bad had a bad game and then they're I mean if Jenk, I, I hope Jenkins looks good and it's not just Schofield looking bad that's causing these changes because I want to change people just to change people. Um, you know, I want to find the right combination, but you know, like we kind of talked about last week or a couple of weeks ago, uh, finding an offensive line, uh, a cohesive awesome offensive line, I think is more important than just keeping a fucking, you know, uh, musical chairs all year round. I don't want to do that shit. So, uh, that, that's encouraging though, that Jenkins looks good at right guard enough to move himself from the third, all the way to the ones in a few weeks. And we'll see if today was just an anomaly and they're just playing around again with the the offensive line, or if that was actually, uh, you know, warranted. I mean, I can't, you know, I can't, we can't really sugarcoat it too much and say, you know, maybe they are playing around because I mean, they do have another game on Thursday. So they, they basically have today's their last day to really prepare for that you know with an actual practice so this is probably the the unit they're going to roll out there on thursday so i'm interested maybe yeah Uh, well well, joe i was going to say before we hop into the next game i mean what did you let's go to the offensive side of the ball what did you take away from the offense and specifically the first team offense um i took away it's hard to take away much from uh from khalil herbert and it's hard to take away without without playing with David Montgomery and your boy Krogman going to Cole Komet, who apparently is just lighting the world on fire. So no, not playing with either of those guys. Hard hard to do any hard and fast takeaways. I thought you know Fields had two really nice throws, two really nice plays. That one downfield to Mooney, one uh, backed up out uh, uh, off the right sideline that uh, ended up to. Kaj Sharp, Kaj yeah. Sharp. Yeah. Uh, he caught with one hand. That was that was cool to see. Uh, but you know, the offensive line issues kind of hindered any real game in the pocket. I thought that Justin Fields was a little happy feet. There was a couple moments where he bailed early. Um, but but you know, when buddies were asking me, I said I think he played above average. Not not great, not terrible, just above average. I th- I, I enjoyed watching. But he still has all the athletic tools. You still see the arm. You still see the speed. You still see the athleticism. Uh, I think he's just struggling. Not struggling. That's too far. I think he's just uh, 
uh, de- dealing with this the offensive line, uh, adjusting with the o- offensive line. And we'll see if the offensive line can hold up. Now, on the first run of the game, really, for Khalil Herbert, I thought that they were, they, they were working the outside zone to the left-hand side, and he cut it back too early right into some traffic and, and, and got tackled. I thought maybe had he stretched that, you would have might have seen a little more out of him. But outside, I mean, Mooney had that one nice catch. Uh, None of the wide receivers separated. Yeah, exactly. Braxton Jones looked like he might be a player at left tackle, uh, which is really nice to see. But just without Komet and without Moon, without Komet and without uh, David Montgomery, it's hard to take too much more away from it, in my opinion. And also, no, no, we we know what Lucas Patrick is doing. So, you know, small takeaway from the first team offense. Shooting to go go through, you know, pretty much three drives and do nothing. But you know, you've hit, you got the daggum Daz Newsome punt return that he that he that he muffs and backs him up to this, you know, five seven yard line for Fields' last last drive of of his of his day. So you don't really give the kid a whole lot of chances. Hard to take a lot away, but some small positives. So. I can actually speak to the offense a little bit, or at least Fields throws. I watched the what twenty-minute video that JTO Sullivan put together. Yeah, yeah, great, uh, great QB school. QB yeah. school. Um, great, 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 great follow. Great breakdown. Uh, really explains a play from three or four angles. I mean, I, if I was a high school quarterback, I would sign up for his Patreon or make my parents do it because uh, he, he would just teach you so much about yes. plays and football concepts, levels, all that shit. So he he had nothing but good things to say about fields outside of Joe, which you touched on a little bit with the happy feet, getting out of the pocket a little bit too soon, not trusting his offensive line, which who can blame him? You know, you get a little bit uh, shell shocked from last year when you got rushed quite a bit, but I think we kind of saw it last year as well, where he, you know, was quick to step to the outside rather than up the middle. Uh, Doesn't really seem to have much of a sense of a, a pocket in front of him. And I don't know if that was just from getting bull rushed up the middle a lot, but there, there was opportunities for him to step up into a clean pocket or step up and then rush forward rather than sideways, which got him in trouble a couple of times. Uh, I did see one play where Braxton Jones got bullied into him, uh, got pushed yeah. back into him once. So uh, he's a fifth round big sky player or whatever. Uh, so I'm glad to hear that he, you guys thought he looked pretty solid. Uh, the throw, competent. competent. I mean, for a fifth-year rookie, fifth or a, or a first-year player from the fifth round, that's, you know, I don't know if you can ask much more in game one of the preseason. Uh, O'Sullivan said the throw wide side back shoulder to Tajay Sharp was one of the best throws oh. he'd ever seen uh, in, in his, you know, in his reviews. So, um, you know, he's learning a new concept. Fields is learning a new concept there. Uh, he's gonna get it. You know, he's the type of guy, multiple coaching staffs have said he doesn't make the same mistake twice. He learns from his mistakes. Uh, camp reports are that he's, you know, trying to teach the rest of the offense, uh, the playbook, you know, while he's, uh, you know, make, make adjusting to it himself. So, 
all good things. A lot of moving pieces. A lot of people say, you know, the Bears will need a lot of things to go right for it to be successful. At the end of the day, that doesn't mean that can't happen within the course of a season. It's it's a fairly long season. We may not just see it until week six. You know, it's going to take a while to get this off. And hopefully Fields, you know, can use the skills he has and mature in his, um, I don't know, uh, reading of the defense. It's not really reading the defense because he's getting to his, his checkdowns and things like that. It's just having a sense of what he can do within the pocket without having to, you know, get crazy and outrun somebody to the outside. Cause you can't do that shit, you know, forever. That's my, uh, that's my offensive take. I didn't see shit for the running game. Mm-hmm. I didn't, it didn't seem like there was one. Yep. Oh, oh, that's, that's more of the backups. Well, I, I was going to say, I know Joe, you said, you know, you said, you know, maybe he had some happy feet back there. You know, I, I, you know, maybe this is just a positive spin on it, but overall I look at fields body of work and I think I've, I see a lot of growth this year compared to, you know, what we put out there last year. I think, you know, a lot of what JT O'Sullivan pointed out was that, you know, he said Fields is potentially playing too fast right now, which is like you think about that and it's like, okay, well, he's probably playing what you would call too fast because I bet Luke Getzey made it an emphasis this year to speed up his clock and get through his progressions faster. So it's all just a step in the process. So the fact that he is reading one, two, three, four really quick, maybe too quick, that's fine because it's all part of his his growth process. And he's going to start to understand, you know, how how it works and get used to this offensive line. And yes, he definitely did step into one or two two of his own sacks that, you know, maybe shouldn't have happened. But um, you know, the throw to Mooney, the throw to the sideline to Sharp. Uh I don't know. I, I for me, I think the kid's the real deal. And I think he's going to have a really solid year. Um, so no worries on that front. Uh, I don't want anybody to hear my take as saying I'm down on fields in any way. I just, you know. I, no. I, yeah. I'm just saying I, I, I just take it a little bit differently because after, you know, hearing O'Sullivan say that, it makes me think like, all right, it probably is, you know, something he's working on because it was something he wasn't good at last year is making the decision on time and getting the ball out quicker. So, yeah, if his if his clock is faster, he's going to try and get rid of the ball quicker or run quicker or check down quicker so we're not um you know doing what we did last year um Tajay Sharp I think had a really nice game I think he it's a guy we've talked about when they brought in this group of guys I know you guys you know may have liked some of the other dudes but Sharp is always someone I thought had a solid shot at making this roster just because he's been in the NFL and I think he's probably the most ready out of any of these guys he's a big reliable target who doesn't drop the ball I would really like to see see him win that X position, but we'll see. Did ESB play in this game? Yeah, he did. I he was like non-existent. <laughs> okay. He had a uh, he had an end around at one point, but I, did he have one catch? Maybe. Uh, let's see. I mean, how many Fields couldn't have thrown that many passes? No, no. He Fields threw seven. I think he completed four. Four one was a check down. Yards. One was to Mooney, and I think he threw two to Sharp along the sidelines. The, 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 the only, you know, the late hit play where he he bailed, Fields bailed to his right. Mm. I think if he I think he left the pocket early there, and if he had just hung out right there, 
there would have been there was going to be an opening up and through the pocket to his left that he just wasn't quite aware of. But I'm just nitpicking at that point. I, I think that all signs are still pointing positive. And really, Luke, when you combine what uh, what Luke Getzey did with the second team offense, just uh, just in in terms of place flow and just the way they were attacking, getting after a defense. I think when you put Fields in that place where Simeon was, no, Simeon looked great. He looked good for a backup. I think when you put Fields in that kind of play flow, I think he's going to be really effective. So I'm I'm excited. Joe, to your point, I mean, that that muff punt really – you know, is maybe the Bears' second drive. It brought them back to the five-yard line. I mean, that that hinders your play calling, obviously, but it definitely seems like with the backups, Getsy opened it up a lot. Um, Chris, he, I mean, he had some really nice. Getsy even admitted he didn't design any plays specifically for the ones that like scheme guys open. He said so, kind of just let guys run routes and see who got open. But he had some really nice designs and and play calls in in some interesting situations. Um, you know, I knew there was a there was a fourth and two specifically that stood out to me. Um, you know, normally in Matt Nagy's offense, they were running Cordero Patterson on a toss or up the gut, or they were running Tariq Cohen up the gut, and like you just knew it was coming. It was fourth and two, and he had Trevor Simeon throw a bomb down the field, and it was like, okay, that's cool to see. It was a complete pass for like thirty yards. It's like awesome. We have some actual concepts here. Um, you know, he ran a nice smash route in the corner of the end zone for a touchdown. So. The, the play calling and the sequencing I thought was really cool. Um, the outside zone is definitely going to take a little bit for these backs to pick up. Um, you know, Khalil Herbert had a, a rough game. He had two drops, I think, and his vision just didn't look like it was there fully. Um, Tristan Ebner, who Joe mentioned briefly for a second, had a really nice game there, a, a Bears rookie that they picked up. So perhaps he's a guy that will be more involved in the offense than we think. Uh, but Montgomery's, I mean, I don't know. I, I may have been part of the uh, Herbert overhype crowd before, but this is definitely Montgomery's backfield. <laughs> you, you, may ha- you may have been. I, I, I think the Bears will have a solid trio of backs, though. Yeah, I, uh, I mean, I was impressed with Ebner. That's good. I mean, that, I mean, the, Coyle Herbert can't catch the damn ball. I mean, at the no. end of the day, like... I can't really remember him trying to catch the ball in Nagy's offense, and he didn't. And yeah, he he can't really catch the ball. So it's good that Ebner can. Obviously, Demo can. So like, let's get him the ball in space. Um, you know, going back to the O'Sullivan video, he he even said Getsy did have some some good route concepts. You know, good yeah. plays that you know Fields will pick up quickly you know, with, uh, with practice. So it's good to, it's good to hear that Getzy has, you know, plans for scheme and, and route concepts and getting guys open and whatnot. And, you know, like we've talked to Michael Gus about the zone concept takes a minute to, to pick up, uh, Schofield or whatever said the same thing. He played in that, you know, Shanahan offense for a long time. And he said, it takes a minute to click, but once it clicks, it's it, it it it'll do well. So might take a little bit, might take some practice. People who are uh, you know, like Joe Gaither, you know, getting down on uh, Justin Fields this early is, is completely unnecessary. Uh, you heard it here first at Joe Gaither six, Justin Fields hater, but um, we'll be okay. 
We'll be all right. Yeah, I'm breaking back out my Mitchell Trubisky jersey this uh, for Thursday night. Dude, bro. Okay, so let's talk about two things here because you, you guys have said it so many times. That, uh, like, I keep – what the fuck is this scheduling? The NFL is so concerned about safety – and they're scheduling short weeks in the preseason. Like I don't even flying across country too. It's not like, even like, <laughs> like, what are we doing? Like I thought the NFL was was concerned about player safety and not, but you're turning them around in a Saturday to practice. a Saturday to a Thursday. It's not even. I I don't get it. I don't get it at all. Uh, so I've told you guys before. My wife's family is all. <laughs> Steelers fans and my father-in-law cannot pronounce Trubisky's name to save his life. He's got, he says he's got it now, but the dude has called him Trubinsky like 50 times and it drives me bonkers. I used to I hate that so bad. Like it drove me freaking nuts. I'm like, dude, it's like biscuit, dude, like Trubiscuit. And he's like, is it biscuit? I'm like, no, man, that's just how you like pronounce his name. It's like a biscuit, like Trubisky and Trubiscuit. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Trubinsky. <laughs> Trubinsky. Oh my God. It's it's just like cringing to my ears. And I can't even stand the guy. I can't I don't like Mitch. I mean, he's a nice person, but he can play for shit. So maybe that's just piled on. But I uh I wanted to to voice my malcontents for the fucking well, scheduling. Stupid. Is that let me ask you this. Is what's worse, Trubinsky or the people who add S S to names that don't have it, like Alshon Jeffries. That drove me nuts too when people would say, Oh, Alshon Jeffries. Sometimes oh, there's an me. S on the end that shouldn't be there. Mm, that's always fun because then you have like like Chase Dan is it so now I'm yeah. messing up. Is it Chase Daniel or is it Daniels? It's Daniel, right? Yeah. It's Daniel. People do so the same thing for him. Then, but like, then the people who do it the backwards way, you know, and, and take the S off, and you're like, nah, man, there's, <laughs> there's an S at the end of that. But, I mean, we can't, we can't get right in Chicago. Uh, well, in the, you know, Midwest people, they're, they're dealing with, you know, Native American cities in, uh wisconsin and, and minnesota and you got uh the capital of iowa is De des moines but it's spelled des moines like those people jeffries des moines people get it right it's des moines like they're, they're don't pronounce either s and you're good yeah, des, moines. des moines eh des moines iowa anyway beside the point so yeah uh trebinsky i love the guy I don't know who Mitch Trubisky is, but this Min Minch Trubinsky, he's great. <laughs> Mitch Trubinsky. What about Dante uh, Pettis? Can I give him two seconds of love? I know that, you know, you're a big Tati Sharp guy, and I know Pettis was in the game with the three, so, like, you're obviously down the depth chart, and you're playing against the bombs. Like, all right, I know that. Uh, but he had some nice, nice blocking and got the ball on the fourth and two, uh, got himself open. He, he had a reasonable game. Dude, those back back to my thing about I know it's very early, but back to my thing about you know Eberflus potentially being a really good coach. I mean, there was so, there was a lot of heart out there for them twos and threes, Chris. They were flying around, dude. They looked happy to be out there. They looked like they were competing. Wide receivers were blocking dudes downfield like it was like nothing I've ever seen from a, t a Bears team in the past few years. They had a lot of heart. So the the I, way uh, that the way the NFL Network 
like you know they they replay games like nonstop, right? So middle yeah. of the night, but not but not the Bears, not the Bears. You know, you'll see 49ers and whoever Packers. six or seven times before you'll see the the second play of the Bears and uh whoever the hell would just the chiefs game like it's it's ridiculous so i i if i catch it i catch it if i don't whatever but that's that's good to hear joe to your point man my my uh my take on that kind of stuff has always been dominate your level if you're playing with the twos and threes and and you're dominant that that there's nothing more you can do like that's what sanborn did apparently uh that's what what, jenkins was doing in practice so jenkins did it in the game too that was another thing that Jenkins played basically all of the twos and threes. He played for like three quarters straight and he, he had, he, he started off. slow. he gave up like a, a quick, um, a quick pressure on the QB. But after that, he, he really settled in, had a nice game. And I think that's definitely why they promoted him. Um, he played him, and snaps on offense at him and Larry Borm. Both had really good games. Well, I mean, like, look, Riley, like Riley Reef and Michael Schofield, they're they're good vet additions, but they wouldn't be, you know, July additions to a, you know, to a, a Vegas uh, over under six and a half win team. Wait, what? If, if they, I that's I specifically said Vegas said that, I know. you know. I know your disdain for Justin Fields is in your head right now, but Vegas says they're only going to win six games. So uh, to add those guys in, look, they're they're nice pieces potentially, but they're nothing special. And maybe Jenkins and Borum are. So you want those guys to win. But like, you know, I think it was uh, Ill Will uh, on Twitter that said earlier today, I want these guys to legit win these jobs. And I feel the same way, you know, if they, if they're handed the jobs and they do well with, with experience, then it gets you to point A, point B, you know, maybe taking three or four detours, but if they actually legit win these jobs and they're legitimate starters, then, you know, having fuck an all young, except for Cody white here, uh, Offensive line is is awesome for the future of this football team. Hundred um, percent. Yeah, Jenkins. Like I said, he had a he had a really nice game. I mean, we we've talked about this for a while. I know I brought it up before, but we've been saying you know Jenkins' best fit might be at guard, and I'm excited to see what he can do there. I mean, I definitely saw he did struggle on the outside, right, Joe, with some of those pass rushers outside. Um, I just. I don't know. I think kicking him inside will be best for him and the Bears. I think he's going to dominate in there. And, you know, we talked about it, you know, two episodes ago. We kind of shit on the dude, but I hope whatever they went through is is all in the past now and buried shit and maybe it fired Tevin up and the Bears up and it's go time. Hopefully he's he's a Bear for a long time and dominant. Yeah, it would be it would be good for for everybody, you know. But and, but and people it, also people also on Twitter kind of annoy me because they're like, oh, a few weeks ago, Bears fans were quitting on the guy. Well, no, a lot of us said if 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 this is true, you know, it's speculation. If this is true, then yeah, get him out of here. But th- honestly, nobody knows. So, well, we I can think, leave yeah. it at that. <laughs> I think the guy, I think the guys handled it extremely well. Also, you know, I yeah. think uh, he he. The only thing I've seen from him on Twitter was, you know, don't believe everything you read. 
And then in his press conference, he took responsibility for, for all of it. You know, it's on me to, to compete and to do well and to, and to play my position. So, and then he's also said, you know, I'll, I'll play wherever they want me to, you know, it doesn't matter if it's tackle or guard or water boy, you know, whatever. Uh, so that those are all encouraging signs from Tevin Jenkins. Hopefully he, you know, has found a home at, at right guard. Hopefully, you know, Braxton Jones does work out. He, uh, I, we'll see what happens Thursday. I can't believe they're playing, you know, all, uh, three days after they just played a game, but whatever. I mean, I guess. Especially, especially if we're only doing three preseason games, give the squads a whole week off. Let's do another Saturday, Sunday round of games. Maybe, okay, Friday. Let's play Friday, whatever. Like, you're not competing for TV airtime with anybody. At this point, uh, excuse me. There is a baseball pennant race going across, going on across the nation. Great, and I yeah. know you Mets fans are really enjoying. It. Are you getting your ass whooped by the Braves again tonight? Yeah. Sorry about it. And I'm kind of low. What kind of low blow is that, dude? Because the because the Yankees are trash right now, and Joe's got to pick right. on somebody. Yankees are trash. Who cares? Like, it's, well, it's cool. then why are you picking on us, man? I was actually going to yeah. speak to our White Sox audience, who's yeah, only dude. two We're games catching, back, and they're straight you know, bullets over here from Joe. Man, this is, this is a mid this is a Midwest Bears podcast. I was going to talk to our. Chicago White Sox fans who are back in a pennant race playing much better. They beat the Astros the other night. Good for them. This, Congratulations. This, it's football season, this, boys. This sister fucker had to go and talk to us about the Mets. Jerk. The, the team is irrelevant. The fact is it's football season. It's not All right, football Joe. season. Joe, 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 Joe. We have, we have a very, very important person to talk about. Probably the player of the game. Gill, tell us about the punter, dude. The Bears have a new punter, Trenton Gill. Is that correct? That's right, Trenton Gill and Weston Wields. Man, Trenton Gill with his directional punting, insane, uh, dude. <laughs> showed down three punts inside the ten. Uh, two of them did get down inside the inside the ten. Uh, this kid, I mean, you lost Pat O'Donnell to the Green Bay Cheeseheads, right? So. Replace him with younger, cheaper talent. Maybe the best draft pick. Let me ask you this: Did he? Uh, did we kick any field goals? Uh, Kyrie Santos kicked some field goals. Did Trenton Gill hold? You know what? I don't know. I didn't notice that because that's the like that was one of the big things about uh, O'Donnell leaving is they they've had the same special teams unit for forever and the same snapper and holder for, for years. So Santos. him leaving was, uh, that, that was one of the big to do's of the off season was who's going to be the holder for the kicker. And anybody can hold. I held in high school uh, and I struck. <laughs> that's so, uh, encouraging. Anybody can do it. I sucked. No, I mean, as, <laughs> as a football player, I was, as average as as white bread, but I held in high school. That was what is one of the, the bread? What is the bread that's top tier if it's not white bread, my guy? Sourdough. Sourdough. Oh, gross. What do you? Uh, I mean, sourdough has its place. Don't get me wrong, but the the versatility of white bread is beyond compare. Hawaiian rolls. Hawaiian rolls. Oh, whoo, man. See, yeah. I just put two above white bread right there for you. 
The yeah, sourdough doesn't count though, because you can't make like a PB and J with sourdough. That's disgusting. Yes, you can. No, you That's can. disgusting. Gross. I've had, I like PB and J sourdough. Oh, what's wrong with you people? So gross. Mm. I don't think you've ever tried Wonder it. Bread. Well, anyway, I I I do iron like kids. Trent and Gill. Like Iron Kids. Trent and Gill. When your children grow up, Chris, teach them to be long snappers and holders, and they'll make it to the NFL. Yeah, I believe a long snapper is a, a real position, but I don't think holder is. They have to punt. You got to do something else. You can't just be a holder. You're right. Uh, I know. It's a pipe dream. No, you, uh, you can't be. Uh, you can't be Bakhtiari. Just be a holder. Dad jokes, bringing them. I have another proposition for you guys. Would you rather have a punter who is much better at coffin corner, but can only punt a max of like? 50 yards, or would you rather have the punt god who fucking boots 90 yarders? Give me the coffin corner. Yeah, give me the coffin corner guy. Put him down yeah, on the floor. I don't think that's a fair comparison. Why? Because I feel like O'Donnell had a mega punt leg, but he, he was terrible. He was what? He didn't, though. Like, he didn't have like. His nickname was Mega Punt coming out, dude. Yeah, but it didn't stick, dude. He didn't stick that way in the NFL. Like he, he wasn't, fucking probably he wasn't. had a he probably had a forty eight yard net average his entire career at best. He wasn't he wasn't very good at coffin corner either. And he was terrible at, at kicking inside the ten. That's for that's sure. what I mean. But like on the flip side, you know, like if you're if your coffin corner guy can kick, you know, max of fifty yards or whatever, which is that's fucking terrible. Uh, what is your what's your percentage of when you know ninety yard man can get it inside the ten and from where you know midfield or the, well, I don't the, know I, the opposing team's forty. Uh, dude, he he did it the other day in the preseason. His first punt was eighty six yards, but it was literally so far that their coverage team couldn't get to it and it rolled right in the end zone and they got the ball at the twenty. Yeah, you got to be able to kick it up in the air too. Uh, dude, just- this. This thing was in the end zone in like three seconds. Yeah, it was the you fastest. can't just kick a line drive. Dude, That's it was like the fastest fucking I've ever seen. It was like, dude, they had no shot. It was in. It was probably windy as hell too. But dude, he fucking crushed it. Eighty six yards. It was just like their their coverage team had no chance. What was that? There was a kid for the. I think he played for the Raiders for a little bit, like Marcus King or something like that. That guy could punt. Like he was a he was a good all around punter. He did both. But you guys said Trenton Gill was booming like eighty five yarders on top of the coffin corners. I didn't see that far of a punt, but they they were dude. He had some really nice. He he dropped a few of them that landed like in the five and spun back. It was it was a joy to watch. Honestly, the Bears have a good punter. Was that like uh, that Forty ers guy that was like a rugby dude that can that has like six different styles of punts where he can? Oh like, yeah. Put a put backspin on it or side spin or like all kinds of like they compared him to like a, a golf a golfer. I can't remember, but I think that's that's awesome. If if Gill is a is a, a good punter, that's a that's a weapon. That's a weapon for the defense. To Absolutely, drop him inside the ten and let the defense go to work. Uh, I guess my biggest takeaway is my hat's off to Ryan Poles for looking like he crushed this draft class. We'll see what happens, but I feel like all them guys play pretty well. We'll see what Kyler and Valus are made of on Thursday. Yeah, well, in, the six, in the six plays they get. I'm curious to, yeah, I'm curious to, to see, like, a, you talk draft classes and, you know, I don't, I don't like to look too far into the future because, you know, present's more fun to live in than constantly thinking about what could be or whatever, but 
to see like how polls continues to attack the draft if he because he's gonna like this is the first year he he had picks and didn't have a first rounder uh you know and used both of the second rounders when we all thought he was gonna trade at least one of them but then ended up making what like five day two and day three trades so i'm curious to see how he utilizes the talent he he has um or the 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 talent he has and acquires and uh the picks he has the assets he has is what i was looking for uh it going forward so yeah it does look like he's got multiple potential starters out of this this class um you know so, so thinking back to like april your concern level was probably would you say lucas like a seven or eight on the offensive line where do you think you're at now six or seven <laughs> this fucking guy it's still not great man if you the ones they we'll see we'll see when they're fully healthy i mean uh oh doug kramer is probably out for the season so it looks like mustafer will be our starting center for now awesome uh didn't they bring somebody in today Sam yeah they signed someone i don't i was he a center i don't even know I even I've never even heard of the guy, but uh, yeah, I think Mustafer will be your day one starter. Uh, yeah, I don't know. They definitely still have some issues up front, but we'll see. We'll see what it looks like with Jenkins and Borm out there, and uh, you know, we just got to hope for the best for Braxton June's development. I'm still fairly concerned, though. To be fair, what about you, Joe? Am I concerned about Braxton Jones? Uh, no, no, no. Just the O line in general. Chris asked what your concern level was. Uh, I said between six and seven. So, yeah, I think that's about right. Especially with the fact that Lucas Patrick is out and you've lost Kramer. I mean, okay, from left to right now, you're looking at Braxton Jones, Whitehair, Mustafer, Jenkins, Borum. Yeah, for now. Yeah, I mean, my confidence isn't that high, but anytime you're throwing Mustafer in the group, I'm feeling like like not not good. Honestly, I feel like the run blocking is what concerns me the most. Cause I feel like they're going to try and be a run first team, but a lot of I would they were not getting any push on Saturday. I mean, I, granted, it's the first preseason game, but the run blocking is what had me going. Okay, this this does not look good. Yeah, I can't find it. The guy had a very, yeah, a name I've never seen before. But yes, it's kind of a bummer. I mean, we got a game on Thursday, but these guys might only play literally one series. So uh, obviously we want them to stay healthy, but they also need their reps and kind of just feels like the NFL is throwing a wrench in those plans. Now is the is the third preseason game like the the third preseason game in previous years where they play like a whole half or I guess how does that work now? What did teams do last year? Brown, I don't even remember. <sighs> did teams play their guys a lot last year in the third game? Or do they treat the second game like that? 
I think they treated the second game like that, but I don't really remember too too many middle lights between now and then. <laughs> well, I don't know. Uh, we've uh, we've talked about the game. We've talked about position changes, injuries. Do you guys? What do you guys have to add? Do you have any insight for the Seattle game? <clears throat> I don't have any insight. I guess the only other, only other topic is the, the queen. Quanaria. The queen. Quanaria doesn't know what he's doing. Right, we're, we're, you know, another week, another non-movement. Iberflus uh, says that he's going that he's going to travel with uh, with team this week and calls him quote engaged. But it sounds like he has upped his request and made it now made it face to face to Ryan Poles. Where did you know. see that? There was uh, apparently Albright tweeted right. that. Yeah, but I don't really know that that's that big a deal. So let me ask you this. If you're a player and you're representing yourself and you want to trade, <laughs> who the fuck else are you going to ask? I guess you might ask a lower level person in the in the scouting department. Hey man, tell no. me trade me, dude. That's some that's some bitch shit. Like well, you want to fucking well, you want to re- you want to represent yourself and you know tell tell him your contract is no good, but then you want to fucking like tell his like. Secretary, that you want to trade? Hey, would you would you mind telling Ryan that that I want to? Fuck it, fuck out of here, dude. Go tell Soup with that shit. What the fuck. Um, not happy. Not that, that he's such a bitch, dude. Like I, I will, honestly don't care if he gets traded at this point. I don't either at this point. Do you he's think he'll get signed? Do you think he will sign with the Bears? Do I think he'll sign with the Bears? Yeah. No, not now. Not after two trade. Not after two public trade requests. Because now, well, what, Rapp- go ahead. Well, I was going to say in Rap's tweet, he said traded or a new contract, as if a what new contract was. I didn't was say still- that. I thought it said he just asked for asked for a trade and that he would travel with the team. That's the only thing I read. But like somebody was saying, like these guys are just using. So the players guy seems to be Rappaport and the team guy seems to be Schefter. So let's wait for Schefter to come out tomorrow. And says Bears coach Matt Eberflus said linebacker Roquan Smith, who is still seeking a new contract and has asked to be traded, will travel to Seattle for the preseason game. So it, I don't know. The way he makes it sounds like he could still sign a new contract. I, I, I don't think he. I think he's just using it to play the Bears' hand. I don't think he's necessarily saying, get me out of Chicago. If they right. give him the money, I think he'll sign. I think ultimately they will find a deal somewhere in the middle ground. But we'll see. Yes. Oh, wait. No, where'd it go? There was another tweet about this. That... Mm. Also, I don't, I don't even know what to believe anymore because they also made it seem like Tevin Jenkins was never going to play a snap for the Bears right again. Now. So, right who now. knows? They obviously need him. Let's be real. We obviously need him. But I don't think he's getting good advice at all. 
and he's shown his maturity level off the field is is low. I, I'm over the dude to, at the moment. I don't know. Maybe I'm being immature. Maybe I'm being immature off the field. I don't know. All I know is if whatever happens, you know, the Bears just need to get a good they can't let him walk for nothing. And they have basically all they have all the power in the situation. I mean, they can tag him next year, so if they really wanted, they could just make him sit out for two years and lose forty thousand dollars. That I haven't seen anything that they started finding him, so if they really wanted to, they could really throw him in the fire. That's going to hurt his uh, porn star money spending if he's doing that. It hurt his Abella Danger debt budget. Yeah, I mean, I don't think the Bears were Super Bowl bound this year anyway, so it's... What? It's, uh, it's the onus is on them to, to figure it out. And, and, and Chris called me the, the, the Justin Fields hater. Super Bowl. Super Bears. Super Bowl. Speaking of controversy, I heard something on the radio this morning, and I want to get your guys' take. Oh. Does a drinking straw have one hole or two? One. Is it a bendy straw? Doesn't matter. Just answer the question. (laughs) (laughs) The hole has two openings. It's one continuous hole. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, that's what I said. So that was like 54% of people. Somehow this math doesn't work. So 54% of people said one hole. 42% of people said two. And I don't know what the fuck the other whatever's <laughs> left over said. Because that there's only three two holes. Answers. There's only two answers, right? I mean, unless they're just like abstaining or like I can't get cut, cut. Or they're asking, is it a bendy straw? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it's a fair question. If it, if the, the straw is not completely vertical, you might question whether it has one hole or two holes. No. If you can't see through the other side, it's still the same hole or holes. No, it's still one hole. <laughs> um. Yeah. So. I thought, that was, uh, Chris. I thought that was pretty funny. No, I don't have anything else. I'm uh I would like to see more players play this week. Um any any I mean I know any takes on the interior defensive line? Did they get their ass handed to them? Did like who was the starting tackle? Was it like Tonga Tonko? looked all right? Okay. And did uh who was the other one? Uh it was um the guy we signed from the Chargers. Michael Black Jones, Dustin Jones, Jones. I think they they played all right. They didn't do anything that was like terribly egregious. I thought they got they got some decent pressure on the QB. Um, I know again second team reps, but Dominique Robinson looked really good rushing the passer. Is another pick from this year. Uh, okay. So that was cool. Um, Joe, did the Chiefs really run on us? I feel like they did barely ran. The first team didn't. Yeah, I, I don't know. They didn't really get a chance to show their, their worth, but Tonga looked all right out there. I was actually impressed with him. Definitely got some push. It looks like he might be a good fit, which I wasn't sure of before, but 
Yeah, I've always thought like that that um Tonga wasn't the Eddie Goldman style nose tackle anyway. He's almost yeah. like a, a little bit on the smaller side, which fits the style of defense from my you know, my history with this cover two defense. Oh, uh, Muhammad you know, looked two, good. Two too. Yards Muhammad looked good too. I'll say team. three or twenty three, Joe. Fifty two yards rushing. Jesus, for the whole man, game? You didn't, you didn't say total. either one of those things. Oh, total for the whole game. For the whole game. Yeah. That's yeah, that's so. not terrible. That's good. Muhammad looked good. Uh Gibson. I don't think Gibson did much. Gibson did something I think Gibson did something really stupid on one play where he he got washed down and he bit inside and left a huge lane on the outside for someone to run through. And you guys said Daz Newsom muffed a punt. Muffed, muffed a punt, punt and, and dropped that. a pass. Dropped a pass to the first team. Man, weren't he, people he saying better. like he was one of the one of the best camp wide receivers so far? I've I don't he's know. A, he's a, he's another uh, damn it guy was on the tip of my tongue. Tanner Gentry. He's he's Tanner Gentry. He's camp. I don't even think he shit out that much in camp. Camp superhero and sucked. But wasn't what's old boy's real name, dude? Weston Wields. You kept correcting me in the chat. <laughs> I don't know his real name. Now you fucking don't know his name. It's Isn't not it like Weston. Trevor something. Trevor Long or something? It's a generic name. It's like Jack Jones or something like that. You're going to try and get the dude on here and call him generic. (laughs) Like Luke Berry is everybody's (laughs) exotic name over there. (laughs) You're one one letter off. His name is Thomas. His name is Thomas. There you go. Thomas Loper. Looper. Loper, Looper. Looper, Loper, Lopper. Anyway, we'll get him on and try and, and get Cindy? the Lopper. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to try to catch... The, oh, Joe, you, you, you sent this in the text the other day, and since this is a football chat and it's an NFC North team on the show, when's the next episode of your, your favorite HBO show, uh, Hard Knocks? Uh, isn't it tonight? Tuesday nights? Is it Tuesday nights? I mean, I know that's when I think that's when you sent the chat or was like, "Hey, did you guys watch this or whatever?" Yeah, so. Wednesday. Yeah, uh, I think it's on Tuesday nights. I go, I'll go find that. There's probably an episode starting at nine. H, maybe HBO West will have it. How about the Chargers? The Chargers just said, "Fuck Hard Knocks." We're gonna produce our own show and put it on YouTube. I mean, don't the Bears do that with 1920 Football Drive? Yeah, except the Chargers are like. It looks like the Chargers are like going in depth in training camp and stuff like they're basically looks like hard knocks just not produced by HBO. Well, uh Cardinals have in season hard knocks this year, starting like November. I didn't watch that last year. The Colts were on it, right? I didn't either. But it'd be kind of it'd be kind of curious because they'll probably start it like right when Dustin Dustin? DeAndre? Thank you. Hopkins is coming back. I, there is a Dustin, Dustin Hopkins. Yeah, the kicker. <laughs> hey. I like kickers. Trenton Gill, Dustin Hopkins, whatever. Martin Gramatica. Right. Joe, All sing right, the Jay. song. No, give us a prediction and then sing the song. What, what will predict- be the, the score? I, I want to hear Joe's prediction oh, because he is. Did you bet the under, Lucas? You would have hit 30. Was it 33? The under was 37 and a half. Why, was I, I right know. last week? Did I say 19 to 14? I don't know. I don't think we gave a prediction, did we? We didn't do like official predictions, but we were fucking around when you said the under was 37 and a half. And Joe was like, oh, it'll be like 
2411 or some shit like that. Oh, the uh, the under was when we said it, it was like 35 and a half. And then when it was announced that Mahomes is playing, it went up to like almost 40. Oh, I thought it, it was 37 and a half. And I never I did. And I it went up. A, it went up a lot when Mahomes was announced. And then it might have went back down. But I feel like Colorado doesn't let me preseason NFL bet. They definitely did. Probably for the better. <laughs> I think, wrong, we had a gambling guy on the radio on one of our shows. He said that uh, preseason is one of the best margins to yeah. bet because you can find out a lot of information before the game. Yeah, 100%. That's what they said around here as well. Uh, okay. I think I think what I've noticed is a lot of the games last week, I think were unders in the first half or first quarter and then overs when the second strings came in, which is an interesting trend. So. Maybe we can mess around with that and bet it this week. Bears are going to win because no Drew Locke this week because he's got all COVID-19. Um, let's see. And, you know, the Seahawks suck anyways. They're trash. The organization's trash. They're, they're you know, they're awful. Their offensive line is worse than ours is. Pete Carroll's uh, going to play their starters the whole game. Oh, yeah. That's the, that's the one thing you got to worry about, in my opinion. Okay. I've got it at Seahawks three and a half over under 39. Uh, this is according to Espen. Um, under. Yeah, Bears. Under. How about 19 to 14 again? I like it. They're <laughs> not doing that again. Why not? <laughs> Two in a row, dude. You're out of your gourd. Give me 20 to 14 then. All right, perfect. What about you, Chris? I need your prediction. 26. 26. I haven't eight. seen the Bears score that many points in a long time, dude. Oh, I was talking Seahawks. I'm just kidding. Oh, all right. Bears. Dude, the backups can score that many points. Come on, man. It's dude, yeah, Trevor Simeon, man. That guy was fucking lightning, dude. I mean, he's he's basically... Drew he was Lock's everything. Da- he's Drew Locke's daddy, dude. He was everything Foles wanted to be last preseason. <laughs> oh man, I'm gonna say Bears 18, Seahawks 13. Three Bears wins. Woohoo! We're gonna play right. harder. We're gonna be coached better than they are. Yeah, sing the song. Bear down, Chicago Bears. Make every play clear the way to victory. Bear down, Chicago Bears. Put up a fight with the might so fearlessly. We'll never forget the way you thrilled the nation with your T formation. Bear down, Chicago Bears. And don't forget why you're wearing the crown. You're the pride and joy of Illinois, Chicago Bears. Bear down. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. 
With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.